Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, we break down some possible Portland moves for Damian Lillard and how can the Bucks convince Giannis Antetokounmpo to stay long term? Well, we have some ideas. Plus, the Lakers, they made yet another roster move today. So is LeBron's revamped front court the best in the league since we're in L.A.? What are the Clippers' plans for Paul George and Kawhi's extensions? And in a league of dynamic duos, which has the most pressure on them headed into the season? It sounds like an excellent time for a big list from Big Perk. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome into NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. And NBA training camps, it's hard to believe it. They are right around the corner. And despite requesting a trade out of Portland, still September 15th, Damian Lillard is a trailblazer. So this feels like the perfect time to say hello to our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, because it feels like we need an update, Woj. Where do talks stand right now between Portland and teams around the league? Malika, my sense is that the Blazers have done a lot more talking with teams in the last, say, 10 to 14 days than they did probably in at least a month plus prior. And a big part of that is, you know, the league is back to work now after Labor Day uh, and training camp is starting to approach. And that's the next real deadline um, in this process. But I think Portland, what they've been trying to do is see how they can put together multi-team deals uh, mm. that would get them the assets that they would want, draft picks, young players. Now, there might be a team you know, that their best asset is a veteran player that doesn't interest the Blazers, but there's a third team who might want to take on that veteran and then send, whether it's a young player or uh, picks uh, in part to Portland. So I think they've been in communication with a lot of teams trying to find a structure of a deal you know, they can get them a Damian Lillard trade. You know, we'll see now uh, how much traction they can get between now and the start of camp. Absolutely, because the start of camp, Woj, it's only 17 days away from where we stand at this very point. And it's hard to know without exactly being in Damian Lillard's head here. But what can we expect? Let's say Damian Lillard isn't traded by them as trading camp approaches. Listen, I think people expect, I think uh, both in Portland and around the league, it will be uncomfortable it may be unpleasant, uh, but, it, but it won't be unprofessional. And I mm. think that's, you know, if you bring back a player, uh, certainly of Lillard's stature, who's asked for a trade, you haven't found it, that's all you're asking for, or you can hope for, is professionalism. And I do think they believe they're going to get that from Damian Lillard. And I think the NBA has made it clear uh, in, you know, another iteration of the rule changes, the resting policy, you know, that the idea that a player can just be parked away from the team, waiting, awaiting a trade, uh, that that's not a scenario that's acceptable anymore in the NBA. I think a return of Damian Lillard to start the season, you know, there are far less complications based on where the Blazers are in a rebuild than, say, James Harden in Philadelphia, where there's so much pressure on this team winning now and Harden playing 
at a high level. Woj, thank you so very much. We're going to keep tabs on those conversations as they continue and, of course, keep you all updated if and when there is a trade to report. So we know, right, that Miami is Damian Lillard's preferred landing spot. But, you know, it's a Friday. We're still in the offseason. Let's just have a little fun. Let's play around. These are hypothetical. I'm underlining it. Hypothetical trades. And we're doing it, especially right now, because ESPN.com has a story up and it lays out a few for Damian Lillard and James Harden. So what you're seeing behind me is actually something that our Kevin Pelton proposed. And this is a deal where Damian Lillard, you can see he ends up with the 76ers along with Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, Robert Covington. The Trailblazers get this group headlined by Tyrese Maxey here. And then the Clippers, they get James Harden and Tobias Harris. So as Woj just said, a couple of other deals here, right, that, that, that could be on the table, three team deals as well. But when I'm looking at this, the sort of question that I have is the Blazers, they already have a young core, right? Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons in their backcourt. So instead maybe of targeting Maxi, what if they could target some front court depth in a little trade instead? So here is another hypothetical underscoring a trade that is up on ESPN.com. And this one, I think it would get social media buzzing a little bit, particularly because of this guy, Zion Williamson, one of the most dominant bigs in the NBA when he's actually healthy and when he's available. And then you could see the Pelicans, they would get Yusuf Nurkic, Damian Lillard. So it's an interesting thing to think about, but let's bring in our ESPN senior writer, Zach Lowe, because as I said, I feel like this would light social media up, but does it actually make sense for both teams here? So what I'm really doing, if I'm New Orleans in that case, is I'm recreating the Blazers team that didn't win enough to stay together and that the Blazers first and then Damian Lillard second decided to break apart. Dame, CJ, Nurkic, I've seen this movie before. Now, it didn't have Brandon Ingram, a young star wing, and it didn't have Trey Murphy, who I think has all-star potential once he recovers from his knee injury. So maybe it's different, maybe it's better, maybe the ceiling's higher, but I'm not convinced enough at this point right now to trade big and young for small and older in the case of Damian Lillard. So if I'm New Orleans, I, I can't, it's too early for me to cut the court on Zion yeah. for that deal. And we're going to talk about it later, but hovering over all of this for every team that has a lot of trade assets are the comments that Giannis Antetokounmpo has made Ooh. previously and again this week. Teams are starting to line up and think, do we need to keep our powder dry yeah. for another guy that might be coming down the line? Absolutely, Zach. I don't know if it's cold in the studio or if I'm just excited that this is a conversation that we absolutely need to have, but I am getting goosebumps in here. We're going to wait to talk about Giannis for just a little bit. I do want to bring in our front office guru, Bobby Marks, into the conversation because whenever, Bobby, we're talking about hypothetical trades, I do want to back it up with a little bit of fact. You have been in these conversations. Can you put back on your GM cap, please, as you're looking around at the proposed trades that are floating around the league here for Lillard, is there one that you like the most? It goes back to my Miami, Malika. I still think they have the three things that teams look for when you're looking to trade a franchise player, whether it be draft assets, certainly a 2027 and a 2029 first. You can do swap rights in 2028 and 2030, whether it be financial relief with Portland getting rid of a player like Yosef uh, Nurkic and certainly the 200 million plus of Damian Lillard. And then what Miami can offer in young players, whether it be Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, Jaime Yaquez, three nice young players. Now certainly you can turn that into a third team and look to move Hero for additional draft assets, but I think that's the cleanest when I'm looking at it from Portland's perspective. Hmm. Zach, what do you think of that? 
I think it's an interesting deal, and I think it looks on the surface like Portland is not quite getting enough in terms of Tyrese Maxey, some interesting but kind of fungible young guys, and two Clippers picks. But those Clippers picks around the league, if they're unprotected, are looked at as very, very valuable picks because the future of that franchise is very uncertain the longer you go. We don't even know whether Kawhi and PG will extend. They're getting older in any case. So don't sleep on those trade chips. Even though it's a Los Angeles team, people assume players will go to Los Angeles. Those picks, teams are looking around at what unprotected picks could be available that are super valuable. Those Clippers picks fit the bill. Kendrick Perkins is with us as well. Perk, you've been listening as we've outlined a couple of hypothetical trains for Damian Lillard, including one where Bobby Marks actually puts the pieces together to see Damian Lillard getting what he wants, heading to the Miami Heat. Is there one that you like the most, my friend? I actually like the three-team trade. I think everybody wins in that deal. Everybody wins in that deal. I mean, think about it. Portland gets Tyrese Maxey, and the unsung, the guy that's flying under the radar, is Norman Powell, right? Norman Powell to Philly. Yes, you get Damian Lillard to pal alongside Joel and B. But Norman Powell, right, he's a guy that could come in and be a six-man-of-the-year candidate every single season. Tyrese Maxey, we already know he's a bright young star, but at, at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, James going to the Clippers with Tobias Harris, I think that's a win for them. So everybody wins across the board. This is my thing. Besides my suit coat and my clothes being off right now a little bit, can we just make the trade happen? Mm. Like, can Dame just go somewhere to give us something to talk about? Because I don't like guessing. I want to see the action. Well, 17 days away, Perk. 17 days away. It feels like if we don't have a resolution by then, certainly there's at least going to be Damian Lillard having to face some questions from reporters. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what transpires in the next two and a half weeks. Bobby Marks, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. If fake trades fits your Friday fancy today, there is much more right now on ESPN.com. And Zach, you've been selling the show perfectly. We're going to get to Giannis. We're going to get to the Clippers because coming up, Giannis, he really has put the ball in Milwaukee's court. How are the Bucks going to respond to keep the Greek freak? We break down all the moves that they can make. Plus, double the talent, double the expectations, right? So Big Perky ranks his top five teammates who have big concerns to conquer this season. And LeBron James, more moves for the Lakers. He is surrounded by an impressive front court on paper. But how is it actually going to fit, and will it get LeBron another ring? That's coming up next on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh my God. Every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. It's not a failure, it's steps to success. There's always steps to it. There's no failure in sports. You know there's good days, bad days, some days you are able to be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. And this year somebody else is going to win. Similar as that, we're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits. Hopefully we can win a championship. Welcome back to NBA Today. One week from today, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's going to have a decision to make because the two-time MVP, he will be eligible to sign a max contract extension that would keep him in Milwaukee through the 2027-28 season. So basically, he has to decide by October 23rd if he wants to sign this deal. But as he told the New York Times, it actually doesn't really make financial sense to sign right now. He stands to make something to the tune of $65 million more next summer. So that's fair enough. That's understandable. But for some, Giannis's comments on the 48 Minutes podcast, that might be a little tougher to digest. As long as we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as, a, as, as I am to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I, I am not, you know, I am, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. I want to win and uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I, I have to take that better situation. Who is here with us, the hardest working woman on the network right now, Chenea Gumake, Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins. And the message Giannis is sending to the Bucks, it appears to be clear. Surround me right now with a true championship contending roster or else I might have to look for that elsewhere because I am a winner. He said he doesn't want to keep saying the same story. Look, we won game six. Look how we did it. This is how it was. We came back from down 0-2. But Chenea, how do you feel about Giannis's approach here? I also dropped 50 in that amazing, you know, win and <laughs> yeah, made yeah. all my free throws. My I nuggets. loved how you changed your voice there. <laughs> I believe that there are two things that can equally be true. Giannis has put himself individually in position to be the best player in the NBA. What did he do last year? Average 31, 12, and 6. He's won every award under the sun. Two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, Finals MVP, All-Star MVP. The list goes on and on. And also it's true that the Milwaukee Bucks have done him right for the most part. They've had the best record in the NBA three out of the last five seasons. They've changed coaches. Uh, they've extended players. So both of those aspects are important to acknowledge that the front office and the team and the players have done well and so have Giannis. But sometimes being good in both regards is just not good enough. Mm. Because if you look at the field, teams are getting better. Yep. Super teams are still being built. People are improving. You may come out of the East, you might have a better pathway there, but the West is sacked. So I think he's just acknowledging and saying the quiet thing out loud, saying, hey, hey, we might have had a good thing, but the only thing I don't have is that multiple championship legacy. And if I have to go elsewhere to get that, I'm going to do that. Not to mention, he said it before. He sort of said, we need to get better before. And all, all of a sudden, out goes Eric Bledsoe. In comes Drew Holiday, and a championship is theirs. Uh, Zach, here's the deal, though. The Bucks they only have one tradable first-round pick in their arsenal. And it's not until 2029 or 2030. So should Milwaukee use it in an attempt to upgrade the roster? Is it too risky? 
Too risky? You're talking about keeping a 28-year-old who might be the best player in the NBA? There's nothing too risky. If you can find a player who helps your team and you've got some mid-sized contracts, Grayson Allen, Pat Condon, Bobby Portis, plus that pick, if you can find an upgrade, you absolutely do it. The problem is all those players are pretty good. They're under good value contracts, so finding the right player who makes it worth Milwaukee's while is going to be difficult. Look, the Bucks are still in the inner circle of contenders as long as they're healthy. But it was reminded to us last year, the margin is really, really thin, both for age, this is an older team now, for injury. Can Chris Middleton get back to the form he was in the year that they won the title when he was really their lead pick-and-roll ball handler, their crutch, their late-game orchestrator? They need to answer those questions because the margin is really, really thin. But for using that pick, yes, you absolutely do it. This is your entire franchise. If this guy leaves... Everything from the last 10 years is over, and you're starting from scratch. I, I do not disagree with you. You should do everything in your power to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo. But that doesn't mean it's not a little bit risky. A little bit risky if you're not sure that that's going to be enough to get to where you need to go in order to keep Giannis. It's a tightrope. So how would you balance that perk if you're Milwaukee? Well, well, one, I don't balance nothing at all. I don't balance <laughs> my diet. I don't balance what I say. Sure. It's just right. one way, and that's up. So... <laughs> So here's the here, here's the thing, right? Can you put us all up? I need to see y'all while I'm talking to y'all real quick. Uh, so here's the thing. This is what I got to ask y'all. What do Giannis Antetokounmpo want? To win. Right? He has an all-star caliber. He has an all-star caliber player in Drew Holiday. You have an all-star caliber player in Chris Middleton. Yeah. You have an all-star caliber player in Brooke Lopez. Mm -hmm. So my thing, what a nice supporting cast. Wasn't Giannis Antetokounmpo on record about three or four years ago uh, talking about, you know, guys who go and form super teams and things to that nature? So now are you backpedaling? Are you crawfishing? Do you want a superstar caliber player now to play alongside of? Like, what do you want? The Bucks, in my eyes, are still the favorite. They have the best team in the Eastern Conference. What else do you want? Again, I'm going to repeat. I think the Malik Beasley was a huge pickup on the vet minimum. Bringing back Jay Crowder, what, what they already have. You have the best front court in basketball. Bobby Portis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Robin Lopez, Brooke Lopez. I mean, well, damn, what else do you want? Do you want a superstar caliber player? That's my question to Giannis. Hmm. I'd be very, very curious to hear the answer, and I'm also curious to hear the answer to this, Zach. I, and I can't, like, I, I kind of, I'm having a hard time. I'm having, a, I'm having a hard time even asking the question. Just hypothetically speaking, since we did this hypothetically earlier in the show, is there a point, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, do you eat, do, it feels inconceivable, but do you have to talk about whether or not you need to mutually move on if, if Giannis isn't going to sign this extension next summer? Yes. I'm going to answer Perk's question first. Okay. It's a, it's, I understand what Perk is saying because the Bucks have done everything to build a win-now team around Giannis. What he probably wants is to look at the roster and say, when I'm 33, that dude is going to be ready to be my co-star. Mm. And I don't think he sees that dude. And you know what? That's life in the NBA. That's why LeBron cycles from team to team to team. Win-now teams get old. They don't get better in the draft. They don't have good young players. That's just life. It's a tough situation. As for the Bucks, you obviously play out this season. 
If this season ends in disappointing fashion, which to me for the Bucks is anything short of the NBA Finals, particularly if it's like a dispiriting 4-1 loss in the conference finals or earlier, if that happens, then I think Giannis is sending you a signal today that you don't play this out the way the Thunder did way back in the day with mm. Kevin Durant and just say, he's too good for us to ever trade. We're taking it to the wire. I think you have an honest conversation and you get everything you can to jumpstart the next year of your franchise. So, so we not gonna, so we not gonna uh, address the elephant in the room. And I'm glad Richard not here because that would have set me up for failure for saying that. <laughs> but y'all, uh, last time I checked, both of Giannis Antetokounmpo brothers are on the roster right now, right? Or is it one of them? It's Thanasis. two of them, isn't it? Thanasis, yeah, Tanasis. So it's one, one of them, right? Two way or something. Keep going. Yeah, uh, okay, so that's so when we talk about giving Giannis everything and more, that is everything and more because to be honest with you, we don't really know if Giannis wasn't on the Milwaukee Bucks, if his brother wasn't on the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't believe that his brother would actually be on the NBA roster. It's a handful of guys today that are not on the NBA roster, and here it is, the Bucks are showing you. On a year-to-year -year basis, we will do whatever for you, for whatever for your family. Sure. Again, I just don't understand it. Sure. I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, sorry, Malika, that when players say things like this, because he's not explicitly saying those words, he just wants people to not be comfortable, to not think my presence is guaranteed, to do their due diligence to make sure that this team is as equipped as possible because as much as we talk about they can win a championship, they still feel the pains of how they exited the playoffs this past season. And so when I hear players talk like that, I don't think that they're trying to send the huge alarm buttons. I think they're just trying to make sure everyone is not just comfortable knowing we're back, we're the same team, we're gonna be good, we're gonna have a top record, and like if we do okay, everything's gonna be all right. No, the expectation from top to bottom is to win. But I understand your point of view as well, Perk. Yeah, I mean, when when Alex is on the G League team, when Thanasis on the team, I get all of that. I think for Giannis, though, it's just at the end of the day, I, I really, what resonated is when he said I do, he doesn't want to keep telling that same story. This is a player that wants to win multiple championships. We have, we have all season, though, to unpack what could happen with Giannis and the Bucks. Still to come on our show today, this very Friday, we need to talk about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because both of them are extension eligible right this second, but so far, no deal. So what are the Clippers roster plans with a new arena on the right? Because you got to get people in those seats, I would think, right? Uh, and having two all-stars, it means double the pressure, double the expectations. Sometimes it means double the drama. So big perk, he ranks which duo has the most riding on this upcoming season. Plus, do the Lakers have the best front court in the NBA? And will it be enough to get LeBron another championship? We have that discussion next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today. All right, we got to play free. 
We gotta play hard. We gotta play smart. We gotta play together. Well, we got down. How many teams were here? 22. How many left, fellas? And at midnight tonight is gonna be four. Denver playing with such confidence right now. Jokic, he's got himself a triple-double here in Game 7. I am absolutely shocked. Give this Denver Nuggets team a lot of credit. They have taken the fight away from the Clippers. They are the comeback kids from Colorado. That, that hurts. It hurts. But um, we move on. Man, time flies. Can you believe that was three years ago to the day? The Clippers, they were up 3-1 on the Nuggets in that series, but they failed to advance to the Western Conference Finals, as we just saw. In the following season, they made it to the Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history, but then they lost to the Suns. And then they missed the playoffs the following year and lost in the first round last season. So that brings us to today. Let's welcome back in our panel to the conversation because both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they are extension eligible right this second. They each have a player option next season, but if no deal happens, this could be the final season. <laughs> Thanks, Burke. I appreciate the way back, too. Uh, this is more, see, now you got me distracted. This could be the final season with the Clippers for both. Um, so let's take a breath. Take a wave. Zach, how do you think this contract situation is going to impact the Clippers' season? I think this is maybe the most interesting team in the entire league because they have two guys that are massive stars that are extension eligible now, and we've heard nothing about it. Nothing imminent, no talks really that have been reported anywhere. And to me, the Clippers have to look around the league and the Western Conference and think to themselves, in year five of this, have we grown a little bit stale? Has the rest of the conference, if not passed us by, at least pulled up to us and maybe dipped by us a little bit? Because look, two of their key guys in their rotation, two really ballyhooed veterans, Marcus Morris and Robert Covington, they basically fell out of the rotation last year. And yeah, the Clips have some young guys, interesting young guys. I think Terrence Mann is ready to take a leap. But do they have enough to really put together a start-to-finish year? And that's even before you get to the point that it's just hard to trust that Kawhi and Paul George will ever be healthy at the same time for any prolonged period, let alone April, May, and June consistently when they need it to get where they want to go. And you put up all those four years and what they did in the playoffs. The more time passes... The more you look back at that 2021 run when they got to the conference finals, Kawhi got hurt in the middle of the second round against Utah. That feels more and more like, was that the year? Was that the best opportunity for them? Two relatively unproven teams, Milwaukee and Phoenix, get to the finals. We will never know, but look, the pressure is on the Clippers, and we just it's a whole lot of uncertainty. Zach, I know you said that we hear radio silence when it comes to these two stars, but being in L.A., I've heard some things. I usually keep my mouth a little quiet, but I actually trained a couple years ago at Proactive. That's where we saw those clips from yesterday on our show of where Paul George is. I've talked to some people in L.A. being based there, and they're saying that Kawhi and PG look great. Now, we all know that that's typically the case to start the season. Their workouts go really well. You don't have the wear and tear of the season. But there is optimism around how both of these guys look in their workouts and how they've taken their offseason. And also, like, I hear a lot of great energy from Paul George. It's not just the podcast, the guests, the ease of conversation. It just feels like there's this quiet confidence that he has. Uh, going into this season, knowing that, yes, the stakes are high, there has been disappointment, 
Paul George missed, what, 26 games last year? Kawhi missed 30. So, yeah, there are realities, especially based on the new protocols going in with resting star players. But there is quietly a little optimism that if they're able to get this right this year, not all is lost in the future. But lastly, I'll say this. If things don't work out, L.A., like, they, we don't have to think that, you know, in Inglewood with this new arena that stars won't want to be there. There are a lot of people that want to live in Los Angeles, that want to play for a Los Angeles professional sporting team and play in that arena and be a part of this franchise. The question is, will it still be these guys that we have great expectations of? Yeah, I mean, quiet confidence on September 15th is great. Quiet or loud health in the middle of the season in June, that's probably what's better. That's probably what the Clippers are hoping for at this point. And even we had Ty Lue earlier this summer getting on the podcast saying, like, I expect we need these guys to actually play, to actually be healthy. We know that he isn't necessarily a fan of, of resting players to sort of be right, as Brett Brown used to say, landing the plane correctly on April 15th. And all of this, year after year after year of disappointment, it amounts to pressure because Kawhi Leonard has been on top of this league. Paul George is still regarded as one of the best players in this league. So are they the duo that's under the most pressure this season is sort of the question I have floating around. And that feels like I just need to get out of Perk's way because it is time for big Perks, big list of big duos under the most pressure this year. It ain't my list. Perk, take it away. Yeah, you know, you know, it's right. Summertime is over. Get those skinny dudes, in-shape dudes out the way. Fall is coming. Winter cough coming. It's big fella. Big men season. It's big boy time. This means a big <laughs> list, and I'm bringing big energy. Big, big perks, big list, duo under pressure this upcoming season. At number five, I'm going to start it off. Zach, I'm throwing the live because I miss you. Give me the energy before we go into the weekend. Let me hear it. Bam! There we go. A little delay. But this is <laughs> Joel Embiid and James Harden. And yes, I believe James Harden will be in the Philadelphia 76 uniform. He has no choice. Philly has all the leverage. Listen, they need to get it right. Right now, the Milwaukee Bucks are the top dog, in my opinion, in the East. But that doesn't mean if James Harden don't get his mind right that him and Embiid can't do special things. They're under the most pressure because Embiid might walk away. Janae, I know you've been busy working the light, working around the clock, but give me the energy. I'm dropping the behind the back pass to you. Give it to me. Bam! I don't know. That was a little suspect, but it's still good. <laughs> wow. I'm going with this. I'm going with this duo right here. Anthony, Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I believe this is the point of their careers where they need to come get, come together and at least make it to the conference finals. At least make a lot of noise in the West. Be a top three seed in the Western Conference. Show that y'all could play together. Be able to coexist, not throwing each other under the bus. They under the most pressure because I believe if it don't work, Carl Anthony Towns will be on the first thing smoking. At number three, Malika, give it to me. I know you've been off on, on vacation, but you've been back for two weeks. So let me hear it, girl. Bam! There we go. There we go. That's the energy. This, these two right here, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, right, has the potential to be the best backcourt in the NBA. But it was times last season where Darius Garland would fade off because Donovan Mitchell is so ball dominant. If they want to advance, they can't depend on Evan, Evan Mobley. They can't p p depend on Jared Allen. 
Those two guys have to rise to the occasion together. And I'm thinking second round is they ceiling at least to keep those two together. At number two, I'm going to take it here. Bam! That's the energy we need right there. That's the energy. I'm not letting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off the hook. I know Jalen Brown just signed that massive extension. By the way, JB, thanks for the jerseys for my boys. I understand all that, but I can't let you off the hook. With that much money, a lot to be expected. Jason Tatum is going to be coming up for a big bag. This is a team that has been the favorite every single year for about the last two years of coming out of the Eastern Conference by Vegas. God damn it, they got to uh, deliver. Coming in at number one. Here we go. Let's give it a let's, hey, com camaraderie together, okay? Here we go. Bam! 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 There we go. <laughs> the, the team... The team that we've been talking about, the two that we've been talking about, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it's no more time for them. This is it. This is the make or break season. And if it don't happen, if they don't reach to the finals, get to the finals, then I say the Clippers got to move on from both of them, in my opinion. We've been waiting too long for those two to be able to coexist and at least make it, make it to the conference finals and every single year is something. I see Chanae's so finger. I know, Zach, you, meant you, were, you were in my ear before Perk even stopped talking. Zach first and then Chanae real quick. What's wrong? Look, I know this is not my list, not Malika's list, no. not Chanae's list. Uh -uh. I know it's Perk's list, but Perk, how can you have a top five under pressure duos and not have Giannis and literally anyone from the Bucks pick anyone after his recent comments? That's number because one. Won That's the, the franchise with the most pressure in the entire also, NBA. Also, Luka and Kyrie, Katie and Devin Booker. They won a championship already. They won a championship already. It feels like the only way to put a bow on this conversation is it ain't my list, it ain't Zach's list, it ain't Janae's list, but if it was, we would have a couple of notes. Big perk, thank you as always for bringing the energy with your big list. Coming up on NBA Today, Brianna Stewart and the Liberty, they began their quest for a championship. They begin it tonight against the Mystics. Janae Agumake, she breaks down what could assist the Liberty's title hopes. playoffs they continue tonight the Liberty they tape off their first round against the Mystics at 7:30 Eastern on ESPN 2 and then it is the dream versus the wings these are both best of three series remember and it all begins with WNBA countdown at 7 p.m. with our very own Chanae Agumake and speaking of the Liberty they just finished up Chanae their best regular season in franchise history we know Brianna Stewart really had an MVP caliber season but you've actually had a chance to see them up close what is it that has made them hum as such a well-oiled machine here 
it's literally that, the humming that comes from their crisp passing. Let's look at the numbers here. The New York Liberty led the league in assists per game at 24 assists per game this season, dishing it out. And it all starts with her, Courtney Vandersloot, Sluti, who has really helped them campaign this charge. And let's look at how this actually impacts the game on the court. So rolling my tape producer, Max, today, baby. I love this. Getting Jonquel Jones, a former MVP, is so key because there's a nice screen right there by Kayla Thornton. Sabrina, you always know the shots are gonna go up. Four players around JJ, and she is one of the best in the league at getting old boards. The ball's alive. Now watch this right here. A cute little behind the back pass to Benijah Laney B to knock down the three. They don't just get threes by passing, they get it by getting it off the boards as well. And also it's the attention to their stars. Slutie draws so much. JJ, a versatile stretch big. That's a good to great, meaning they're gonna take away the good shot and try to find the great one here. Sabrina draws a lot of attention. Look at the counter on the passes. There's an extra one six. Let me tell you, typically it's around 10. They are so good passing and moving the ball, barely any dribbles, and they're a smart, very high IQ team. But I will say this, this is the big caveat. Yeah. The Washington Mystics won those games in which you saw the highlights. Elena Deladon is back, Natasha Cloud, Brittany Sykes, my former teammate called Slim. They are ferocious defenders on the perimeter. So I think this is going to be the matchup that everyone has circled and everyone will absolutely not miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't overlook the Mystics. They split the regular season games. Shanae, as you know, this is going to be a very interesting matchup for the Liberty here. Tanae Gumake, thank you very much. We actually have more WNBA playoffs on Sunday, a pair of game twos. The Sun will try and close at the links at 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Then the Sky face elimination against the one-seeded Aces on ABC and the app. WNBA Countdown gets it all started on 1230 Eastern. All right, coming up next, the Lakers. They reloaded their front court, but is it the best in the NBA? And the bigger question, is it enough to get LeBron another championship? We have that discussion coming up. You're watching NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Before we bounce, it is a bittersweet day on our show today because this show marks the last one for our stats guru, Cesar Fernandez. He's been at ESPN for five years, and on this show, we like to talk about each other as family, but Cesar really has become a brother to so many of us. And just for all of you to understand how special he is, just take a listen to this. Caesar, Caesar. Hey, Coach. Oh, there you are. You're one of the top researcher guys for the NBA, right? Yeah. All right, welcome Cesar, welcome Forrest. Caesar, Mama Fernandez, happy birthday. I mean, I'm a crier, you can't do this. No pressure, bang! Bang! Who's the 1984 NBA All-Star MVP? 84. Uh, I wasn't even born. No, I mean, that's an excuse. Green, and then now, this is Seth Curry. This is Joe Harris, and it's they're getting Cesar even. Coming off it's the Cesar, let's green. go! Are you the uh, 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 I don't know guy? Or are you gonna be the stack guy? I'm the stack guy. Let's get it together. Uh, Mom. Yeah, she called me the, uh, the uh, I don't know guy again. Caesar, thank you so much for everything you do. I had to, of course, as we bring him out here, uh, ask his family for a couple of photos to just the evolution of you. Your, your mom and, and your, your little sister, your sister gave these to us. I'm gonna miss you so much. Um, as we just saw though in the video, and actually in a couple that we didn't um, get to see the full shot, 
You, you make buckets. I do. In this studio right here. So we're gonna give you another. We're gonna give you another opportunity oh, to God. do so. I was just about to. No pressure cry. though. Now I gotta shoot. No pressure though. No misses on your last day. Do uh, we'll do free throws. Are you back up? This Can is a free throw. Okay. I'm gonna take my heels off to go rebound Short. for you. I was like, All right, warm up. Warm up. Warm up. There we go. All makes. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Caesar can't leave us. Not three, not four, not five, not six. so desperately coveted. It's back-to-back -back titles for the Heat. Six weeks away, the NBA season rapidly approaching, and since there are six playoff teams in each conference, we're not going to do play-in teams, at least for the sake of this discussion. I know it is only September, but Shanae, let's, let's play a little game here. Since we're going to start in the East, who are your top six teams in honor of being six weeks, six, six weeks away? Go. <laughs> My top six teams are going to be the Bucks, the Celtics at two, I believe, I didn't think we were ranking them, but I'm just gonna go there with the Cavs. Then I've got probably the Knicks. And then after that, the Sixers. And then my fifth, oh, I got the Heat. Okay, I got the Heat and then the Sixers. Flip-flopping those two. And the reason why I okay. had the Heat in there and the Nets not is because the Nets had a 13 and 15 record, I believe, after KD departed. So I'm not sure if they're gonna be able to be as consistent. The Heat potentially could get Dame Lillard, and I'm worried about the Sixers overall, especially with the drama with James Harden and just, you know, his circumstances in the franchise. And I'd lastly like to say I love Producer Cesar, typically on a day-to-day -day basis, I sit down, go through every answer, every important nugget, and we sort of formulate our thoughts, and so I'm gonna miss him dearly. Yeah, it, but I can't, I can't talk about it yet because we have to finish the last five minutes I of the show. Perk, I wanna get Zach's thoughts on Shanae's list, but first let's get yours, and then I wanna get his, his overarching thoughts. Go ahead with the West, please. At, at number one, <laughs> I'm going with the Phoenix Suns, and I think everybody should go with the Phoenix Suns. That's too much offensive firepower. At number two, I'm not going to disrespect the Denver Nuggets by putting them any lower than two. So they're yeah, number two. That. If you get mad because they're not number one, who cares? At number three, I'm going with the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Austin Reeves and the crew. Not mm -hmm. LeBron and the crew, Austin Reeves and the crew. Oh, wow. At number four, <laughs> I'm going with the Clippers. Shanae say Paul George and, and Kawhi look healthy. Well, damn it, I'm rolling with them, okay? At number five, I got the Sacramento Kings. They're coming back. Just added a vet and JaVale McGee got that lock, locker room presence that they need. And at number five, Malika, you don't <laughs> like this one. Bay Area, Whoa, I'm going with the Golden yes. State Warriors. Yeah, I'm going with the Warriors. I'm going with the Warriors. This is my top 16. No disrespect to Memphis. Okay. I know the Rockets upgraded with Fred Van Fleet. I get all that. Who are we in the this conversation? Is my top 16s in the West. These are your top 16s in the West. But, Zach, this is, this is an interesting list that Perk has. And this, since this isn't an official big list, I do think you actually get a say in this one. What do you think of what Perk has laid out here, Zach? 
No, it's, it's not my list. It's not Malika's list. It's not Chanae's list. That's Perk's list. And it shows you how deep the Western Conference is because he mentioned the Grizzlies, who were the second seed last year. Yeah. Oklahoma City's not there. Minnesota's not there. New Orleans is not there. The West is absolutely loaded. I feel like it's going to be a little more unpredictable than that. And speaking of unpredictable, Chanae, those are the right six teams in the East. Those are the safe six teams in the East. But the NBA is never safe. It's never mm. predictable. Something in my gut, something in my soul <laughs> smells a little bit of a big year for the Atlanta Hawks. Oh. I don't even know why. Mm. Some of it is Quinn Snyder. Some of it is Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in year two. John Collins has been cleared out. That kind of clarifies everything. I think the Hawks are making the playoffs this year. Wow. All right, Zach. Something in his soul mm. says that. What, I like that. What is your soul say about the Los Angeles Lakers, Zach, because they have continued to reinforce for this season. They signed Jared Vanderbilt to a four-year, $48 million extension. That's according to our Dave McMenamin. Vanderbilt was acquired from the Jazz at the deadline last season and then started 24 games for the Lakers. And this just adds to an already strong offseason for the Lakers front office, right? You mentioned Austin Reeves, Perk, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura. They signed free agents like Gabe Vincent, also Christian Wood. And then Vanderbilt also joins Anthony Davis with an extension. So the Lakers They've really bolstered this front court since the draft. Zach, should these these moves make them a bigger contender than we were already talking about them as? The Lakers are a contender, and I don't hear as much talk about them as a contender as you would think. All the buzz is Denver, Phoenix, deservedly so. Denver proved it last year. They're the favorite going in. But the Lakers made the conference finals, and I kind of feel like people don't really know what to do with them because they totally remade their team halfway through the season, went on a nice run, had a great defense and just a so-so offense. I love their offseason. I think they got better across the board. I think Austin Reeves is going to make another leap. Mm. They're deep. They have insurance injury-wise. If Anthony Davis or LeBron misses a little time here or there, they can survive. If they're healthy, and I realize that's a big if for yeah. their two best players, I think this team can absolutely win the title. Perk, in 20 seconds here, best front court in the league when you look at Rui, A.D., Vanderbilt, Christian Wood, and LeBron. Duh. No, no. I, no, I, I still got to get that to the Milwaukee Bucks, but I love the addition of Jackson Hayes for the Los Angeles Lakers. But the Bucks, when you look at the Lopez brothers, along with Bobby Portis and Giannis, that's a lot of size, athleticism, and skill. Chanae? I kind of like the Lakers. I mean, I looked at, I wrote it down. AD, Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. Yep. You count in LeBron. You have Christian Wood. Like, this is wild. I don't know. I still like Denver. Hey, Zach, can we get one more caca for the road? Caca! <laughs> See, that's how I'm going to head into the weekend. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And